hello everyone and welcome to the Backyard Finance Yardcast. My name is Ruan and today we're doing something very, very special. Uh, some of you might notice that this is not Sunday night. This is not our usual broadcast schedule. Uh, that is because this is episode 2.5. Yep, episode 2.5. Today we're doing something very, very special. It's a little extra broadcast that's just basically a story I had to share and I couldn't wait until Sunday and it didn't really line up with anything we're doing anyway. So it's just a little bonus. Um, it is something that happened to a friend of mine that's happened recently in the last few weeks, which means it will be dealing quite heavily with the ongoing crisis, the crisis that's been going on. So if you're tired of crisis content, if you're tired of hearing about what's going on, please feel free to skip it. This is not our normal. This will not be replacing our Sunday night yardcast on mutual funds. This is just a quick little story that I thought you might want to hear. So those of you that have stuck around, thank you very much. This happened to a friend of mine. Uh, let's call him Tim. Tim, I like the name Tim. All right, we'll call him Tim. Now, Tim has said, volatility be damned. Uh, didn't really worry about what's going on. Didn't really worry about all the bread that's going on everywhere, all of this, all of that. The biggest share markets crash, history being the making, basically. Tim decided, no, don't worry about that. He bought himself 100, which is the minimum, 100 shares in the NZX50 traded USF. Now, for those of you not familiar with NZX50 tickers, um, which is most of us, uh, USF is smart shares, very specific S&P 500 index tracking ETF. Now, some of you might be familiar with ETFs, exchange traded funds, we've done this in the past, but these are basically shares you can buy on the open market. Right, so what it's a little bit more complex than that, but what basically what SmartShares does, it is invest directly into Vanguard. Vanguard, we discussed in last week's podcast, they were the first ever index fund, and in this case, it was their ETF. So it was SmartShares ETF created based on Vanguard, the Vanguard S&P 500. Basically, all it did is it invested all of its money straight into the Vanguard fund. So it is an ETF based on an ETF, which is based on the original index fund from the original index fund company. I know it's very complex, but it's essentially a way to track the S&P 500. Standard & Poor's, 500 biggest companies in the US. So he's decided that he'll buy the minimum. There's, um, you can't buy less than 100 from ASB. ASB Securities, they don't do any less than 100 for certain ETFs for certain index funds. So he ended up spending $855 which for him is quite a bit. 855 is quite a bit for him. Uh, so it doesn't take a genius to work out that accounting for ASB share, it basically cost him $8.50 to buy per share. So, um, yeah, as uh, some of you might have guessed, the volatility in the market is quite high. Um, although prices have stabilized and even gone up a little bit, especially on the S&P 500, since the big crash, so there's a massive amount that's been wiped out. So if you were before the crisis, you invested, you're still seeing red across the board. He decided that it was a good time to buy. The market was stabilizing. So he bought and um, he was intending to actually have a, a, a bit of a midterm to long-term hold, which basically means he was going to hang on to these now cheaper stocks and then sell them in the future once they've increased. But... They started increasing quite quickly. They started climbing right up quickly. In about two days, it took up his 
basically, yeah, the the money he paid for ASB, his his fees, the things that he paid to get his um hundred shares, already taken into account, already cost into his pro uh, portfolio, as well as the fifteen dollars it would have cost him to exit the market. So basically, thirty dollars thrown in there as well, included in the eight five five. Um, that's just how he said his portfolio setup. So. With even with that thirty dollars already built in, so based on the stock price kept climbing, so I thought I'd do a little bit on why that was the case. Now, bear in mind, of course, I'm not telling you to go out and buy USF. Go buy USF; it's going to go up. This is just for information. This is just a quick little story about what happened, and of course, why it's happening. Now, USF on uh, the Smart Shares ETF based on Vanguard S and P 500, based on the S and P 500. Right, very convoluted, I know, but essentially the 500 biggest companies in America, and of course, yeah, America is, uh, for those of you not familiar with exactly what the Fed does, the Federal Reserve uh, in New York is currently in a great big, I guess you can call it, season of quantitative easing. That is just a very fancy word for printing money. They're not really printing money. They're not. They don't have the big machines running up. They're just literally changing ledgers, um, which is basically like an Excel spreadsheet changed somewhere very, very secure. The banks are receiving money. The money doesn't actually exist. It's all very complicated. But think of it as them actually printing money. So right now, the um, Fed has already put in over two trillion dollars. That's T trillion, um, which is just a massive number. An unbelievably big number into the U.S. market, into the U.S. Um, well, you're giving it to everybody basically now. Uh, all kinds of. So usually in the 2008, we saw the Fed bailout in a similar manner. Big banks, um, guys like the guys who remember Lehman Brothers started it all. Um, Bank of America that that time merged with Merrill Lynch. Bank of America, Merrill Lynch. All of these big companies were receiving massive bailouts, and of course that is a very touchy subject, but. This time around, they did that. They gave out to all the banks, all the financial institutes. They've started bailing out companies, airlines, all kinds of companies, just so many companies. Um, basically, right now, if you're a large enough company in America, you're definitely getting money from the Fed. And this is to stimulate their economy. This is this, It's called a stimulus, and they're literally just giving a loan that will have to be paid back. But right now, they're just dealing with liquidity. They're just dealing with pumping as much money as they can without obviously causing massive, massive inflation, which is prices increasing. Um, and of course, devaluing its currency and all these things that come with printing money. But the whole aim really is to just increase confidence in the market or at least maintain confidence in the market. Knowing that these companies are getting government money and they have essentially the highest level of credit the highest, you know, the, the biggest black card, the biggest basic credit card that you can get, essentially, if you like to think of it like that. And they're just backed by the U.S. government, of course, which are the guys that print the U.S. dollar. So it's uh, it really helps to alleviate the risk. And this is happening across pretty much every company. This is happening in a, a large companies, I mean, but huge. This is massive. It's 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 world shattering. It's completely economics breaking. It's it's a whole whole thing. But what has happened, the side effect of that is that the share market has actually started to climb again. So um, with 
lockdown issues, with everything that's going on, the confidence of the Fed has actually caused these shares to increase. Now, not massively, not by a huge amount, um, but having bought so low, they're actually accounting for, uh, essentially, yeah, just accounting for the money that ASB has taken. So he's already starting to make money. But um, he starts to get a bit worried. He keeps reading newspaper articles that, you know, greatest financial crash in history about to hit us, greater than the Great Depression, greater than the Great Financial Crisis. He starts hearing all of this news, all about all of these things that are, that are going to happen to the U.S. market. He is now stressed out of his mind because his money is tied into the U.S. market. Um, as some of you might know, there is some confidence issues, let's say that, about the current uh, U.S. president, uh, which is not so great. He doesn't have the greatest of track records with business and all kinds of things, and this is being played over and over. So he starts to lose his own confidence. He starts to worry about the U.S. market, and more importantly, He's now put in $855 that he really probably should not have invested. That's the first rule of investing. If you put money into the share market, be aware that you might lose money. It doesn't always go up, and sometimes you might lose all of your money. That is very, very important. If you put money on the share market, make sure that it's not money that you need in the short term. If you're buying a house, don't put your KiwiSaver into long-term growth, right, into a growth fund. That only works in the long term. If you're in the short term, be conservative with your money. Don't just go and throw it onto the stock market. If you need that money quickly or in the near future, it really probably shouldn't be in stocks. Um, and another thing that, that this shows, that this illustrates, is the importance to know your risk profile. Knowing how much risk you can tolerate, knowing what kind of investor you are, how much risk you can take, and knowing what you actually can take. Knowing what you really, truly is your risk tolerance is very, very important. So my friend, Tim, used to think that he was okay with very high levels of risk, very high volatility in the market. But it turns out he's only really okay with general volatility, normal volatility, the kind of volatility that end up going upwards. He didn't know this until recently. He didn't notice until he lost his fin. Now, the uh, the financial identification number, I think it's called. No, fast. I'll look it up. I'll, I'll, it'll be it'll be in the description of this um, of this episode. But he lost his fin. He couldn't find it. Now, this is just like the pin on your bank card. This is the little four-digit code that goes with uh, your CSN your customer service number or your consumer hold, uh, consumer holder number. Sometimes it's called a holder number. This is the little identification that you give ASB. ASB knows your CSN, but they don't know your FIN, right? Uh, ASB can't get access to your FIN. Your broker doesn't have your FIN so that your broker can't impersonate you. He lost his FIN. He, well, he didn't really lose it. It's in a filing cabinet that he doesn't have access to now because of, well, yeah, the lockdown. So... He can't get to his fin. And to add insult to injury, um, both, there are two companies. There's ComputerShare and there is, uh, oh, wow, what are they called? Uh, yeah, it's ComputerShare and Link Market Services. Um, they both, depending on which stocks you're trading, on which part of the index, they both hold your CSN. They both hold your information. They can both issue a fin and it's the same fin. The problem is, 
he updated his address. So he filled out all the paperwork, got everything, got his thing signed and everything. And he just posted the paperwork over to these guys when he changed his address. He changed um, his address three times in the last three years. And each time he sent them the correct paperwork. And he was assured by ASB that ASB passed on the paperwork. But he never received confirmation from either company that they did in fact change his address. Whoops, that is a big one because what now happens is now he needs to get his fin and they can only send it to an address that's on file. So they can just post it out. They can just send him his little four digit code that he needs to sell his money. Because remember, he's terrified that he's gonna lose it all. He's put too much money in the stock market. He's put too much risk for his own tolerance into a international share market, into a share market that he doesn't actually understand himself. So he's really, really scared that he'll lose all his money now. And now he can't get it out. His bookkeeping errors have kept him out, um, basically locked his money away. He can't sell those shares. Uh, luckily in the end, he managed to uh, go wake up a JP. It was a whole, 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 just of the piece, a whole story of weeks and weeks and weeks of just being absolutely terrified he was going to lose this $855. And he, and he couldn't get his fin, like he couldn't get it out. There was nobody that could help him except for Link Market Services and Computer Share. They're the only people that can issue the fin. Um, and your broker can help and they can get things going and they can get it quickly, but they can't get you your fin. And of course, unless you can prove that you're you, the security service of these two companies won't let you get your fin. They'll only let you get it to another um, address. Well, that's also a bit of a problem because he can't travel. He can't travel to his old addresses. He can't check anything. He can't get anything forwarded. So he, he basically, in the end, managed to, it's got a happy ending, managed to get his fin and forwarded by New Zealand Post straight to him. Big, big, big issue, mainly because he couldn't just let that money sit. Now, that money would probably, maybe it would have tanked, maybe it would have gone. I don't have a crystal ball. Um, it'll be really interesting if you play this back at about end of the month, end of May. And um, yeah, and we're in a totally different world. And it would have been really funny if it had gone up. But the main important thing is to know your risk tolerances. Tim didn't know his risk tolerances. He thought he knew how much risk he was able to take. And he thought he knew how much risk he was taking. But in the end, special circumstances like this were not accounted for. He didn't take into account how much stress this particular scenario put on him, how much stress this particular scenario put on his finances, and how much he actually ended up needing that $855 that he ended up putting into the stock market, which had no business being there, never mind in an even riskier setting than normal. So he did get his fin. He did sell actually at um, $852. Then up being 852, he lost $3 and he learned one of the most valuable lessons. Actually know your risk profile. Know how much risk you are taking, very important, and know how much risk you can take. How, why do you, how can you sleep at night knowing that you've taken the risk you've taken? Can you sleep? Can you, can you, or will you just watch that ticker go into the red or go into the green? If you can't stand to lose that money, it shouldn't be in stocks. If you can't stand uh, to yeah, to deal with the market as it is today, as it is likely to be tomorrow, don't invest. Don't get into the shares. There's no reason to get into the stock market if 
you don't have the money that you can play long term. If you don't have the risk tolerance, there are plenty of other options. Don't be like Tim. All right, so for those of you that would who are interested in risk profiles and are interested in getting your own particular risk profile, sorted.org.nz, that's S-O-R-T-E-D, sorted.org.org.nz. This is a profile, It'll be there'll be a link in the description. And they have what they call the Investor Kickstarter section on their website. It's great. It'll, it'll tell you your own risk profile. It'll ask you a few questions. If you ask them, answer them honestly, of course. It'll actually kick out a little risk profile for you, a little uh, indication of where you should be investing, what is likely for you. It's a great tool. Um, I'm not sponsored by them at all. Uh, they're actually a not-profit not company, I think. I think they're, they're linked to the government in some way. So this is not sponsored. This is just something I stumbled across and really wish I'd, uh, I'd sent to Tim. Um, so, yeah, this has just been a little story about Tim and his lost fin. And, of course, the, the well, yeah, the, the really important lesson of being aware of your risk profile, being aware of what you can and can't take. Please, please, please don't put money into the stock market that you need soon. That money will go up and down. Over the long term, it's likely to go up. There's no guarantee that it will. Investment is risky. Thank you very much, guys.